Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Brand new series today called How's Your Heart. So over the next couple of weeks, I just felt like the Lord put this book of the Bible on my heart. And here's what I want to just kind of just start out by saying. We're going to be in a series over the next couple of weeks on relationships, uh, on dating, on marriage, on sex, on attraction, on all of these kind of things that we're going to talk about together. And here's the thing. I want to just kind of give some preface as we go, come into this together. I want to kind of just let us all be on the same page together. But that, that this series is going to be one, again, I don't know what your relationship status may look like. I don't know what you walked in here with, but I believe that the Word of God has something to share with you and that the Holy Spirit can speak to you in whatever walk of life you may find yourself in, especially when it comes to relationships, right? And so I, I want to just kind of just, just put some things out there together before we get into to the weeds together today. But I want to let you know this is a series that I'm fired up about, but I want you to know I want you over the next couple of weeks to be listening for yourself, all right? So what I want you to do, everybody together, I want you to tuck them elbows in. Come on, somebody, right? Do like this right here. I don't want to see no elbowing like, mm, you needed to hear that, all right? Like, I don't, I don't want to see none of that, no chicken wings, you know, nothing like that where you're saying, mm, you hear him, all right? Like, none of that, okay? I want you to listen for yourself. I want you to take notes. I think this is going to help you. Uh, I, I think, again, if there's an area of our life that affects all of our lives, I think it's this area of relationships, right? And so, again, I want you to listen for yourself, listen to, to, uh, to what God is speaking and how he's going to speak directly to you. And then I also want to say, like, this is from a, uh, uh, like, we're not going to dig up the past. Let me say that, okay? Like, this is, like, from a this day forward kind of series, okay? So I don't know where you might find yourself. I don't know what your past may look like. I don't know what your life may look like or your relationships may look like, but I'm going to encourage you, let's not, like, let's learn from that, but let's not dwell on it, all right? And it's a from this day forward, okay? It hasn't always been this way, but starting now, we're going to make some steps and say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to live this way. We're going to live this direction. We're going to go after what God is calling us to do. Everybody good with that so far? Everybody good? About six of you. Yes, everybody okay with that? All right, good. And in this last one, I'm going to tell you, we're going to read it like the Bible reads it, all right? This is a song, the book that we're going to talk about together over the next couple of weeks is the, the book uh, of the Song of Solomon, all right? How many of y'all have ever heard of the Song of Solomon, or some people call it the Song of Songs? Come on, somebody. You may ever heard of that. Come on, wave at me if you have. If you have, good. If you haven't, get ready, all right? So, so we're going to read it together, but here's my promise to you. I know we have teenagers in here. I know we have some, uh, just some younger ears in here. I, I will never be crude or crass. I want you to know that, mom and dad. Uh, but I also want you to know we are going to read the Bible for what the Bible says. We're going to read it as it says, and then we're going to walk through it together because you may be asking, you think it's okay that the, like, that the church would talk about that? Like, like, do you think it's okay that the church would talk about you know, love, relationships, marriage, sex, dating? And i got to tell you, absolutely yes, right? Because here's the thing for me. I'm not leaving it up to the locker room. I'm not leaving it up to the playground. I'm not leaving it up to the movies or social media or TikTok to define what relationships 
relationships, what sex, what attraction should look like. But I believe it's time that the church would snatch that back from the world and say, no, 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 this is God's message to tell. God created sex. The world has thwarted it. The world has has made abstinence and, and godly marriage and faithfulness look boring and basic. The enemy has twisted it and made it seem like sex is dirty. But God created sex. God created relationships. God created emotions. God created intimacy. And God is not saying, oh, no, no, no. What in the world are y'all doing down there? Like, what in the world are you doing? No, no, no. In the context of marriage between a man and a woman, God is like, yes, I blessed that. Come on, somebody. And so I'm just going to tell you, like, we are going to be a church that is going to preach the Bible. What God has to say is more important than the world has to say. And I want to be a church that's loud about the Word of God. And can I hear a good amen if you're on board with me? All right, good, good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be, and I'm excited about it. And I got to thinking about it um, because I, I got to thinking about this manual in my truck. And I got to thinking, okay, how can I kind of like let us all kind of get on the same page together? How many of y'all have ever read the manual in your truck? Nobody here. All right, I got it. I'm with you. I get it. Uh, some of y'all have. Okay, a couple of y'all have. Some, come on, put your hands up if you're proud that you've read the manual in your Look at all of these A students in the room. I've never, I had to go searching for this, all right? I was like, okay, where is it? All right, make sure I got it. Uh, but, but I got to thinking, I got to thinking about this manual right here, right? And I, I drive a 2016 GMC truck, okay? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a truck man, chicken farmer with skinny jeans. I know, it's weird, so just go with it. Uh, but like, I got this manual out of my truck, and, and I got to thinking about it, and I think about this manual. This manual right here, the manufacturer, the designer, the, 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 the literally the, the people that put it together, they decided, they said, hey, I'm going to give you a manual to be able to operate that thing to its top level, right? So every single, I mean, every single knob, every single button, everything maintenance-wise, all of that is inside this little book right here, right? Now think about that. So, so, so again, I like that so much because if I ever have a question, you know what I can do? I can go back to the manual and I can say, okay, hey, how's this working? Come on, how many of y'all know Google is your manual for a lot of us now? Come on, somebody, man, my, my taillight is out. How do I change it? You know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm just going to tell you, like, this right here, this manual for my truck is specifically designed for me, specifically designed for the vehicle that I am driving. Now think about that, and I think about this idea that, listen, the designer, they know, the, they know everything about the car, the truck. They know it, how it works properly, how it's designed to work perfectly. And this is what I know is that I can read this, but then I can also disagree with this sometimes, but that doesn't mean that I'm right and it's wrong. Does that make sense? Like, I can go to the gas station, and instead of putting gasoline in my car, you know what I could do? I could put Coca-Cola. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all know if I put Coke inside my gas tank, that ain't going to be good? Come on, somebody. How many of y'all know that? Come on. Have, has anybody ever put, like, maybe you put diesel inside of or, or gas in your diesel truck or something like that? You've done something that way. It does not operate the same, okay? It does not actually perform like it is supposed to and designed to. And I got to thinking about that. It's not, if I put Coke in my gas tank, listen, like, we can talk about that all day. I'm not going to hate you if you put Coke in your gas tank. I'm not going to, like, be like, oh, my gosh, like, you are, you are, no, I'm not going to do all of that. But here's the thing. That's not what the main 
manual says, okay? That's not what the manual says, that if you'll do this, if you put gas in your car, you put diesel in your engine, what will happen is, is this idea that, that, guess what, it will design and function properly. And I got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking, okay, it's the exact same way when it comes to our relationships. It's the exact same way that, again, so many of us, when it comes to dating, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to sex, when it comes to emotions, I think all of us are getting different pieces of all of those things from the world when really we should be going back to the manual, the thing that was created, that if we, that God gave us, that if we will do it God's way, it's the right way. That if we'll pursue it, if we'll say, hey, God, I'm going to give you my whole life, no excuses, all in like we were just in this series when it comes to especially my relationships, if you and I will do that, I just believe that we have healthy, the, the best relationship on the other side of you saying yes to doing it God's way. And so here's the deal. I think all of us would say, hey, I want the best relationships. Hey, I, I want the best dating relationship. Hey, I want the best emotions. I want the best intimacy. I want the best sex ever. Well, guess what? We're going to do it God's way. Come on, somebody. Say amen if you believe that today. All right, because I know it's going to get a little uncomfortable a little bit, but we're just going to go there together. All right, everybody okay with that? Yeah. Everybody okay with that? Yeah. Sounds good. All right, so, so here's the deal. Uh, I, I kind of come up with this, this tagline for this series because, again, how's your heart? But more so like this idea of relationships, emotions, and sex. They matter to God, so they should matter to us. And we're going to talk about that today. So here's my thing. I'm going to talk a little bit about this word called attraction today. And so the title of the message today is, Hey, I, I am attracted to you. Won't you tell your significant other, you'll sit next to, I am attracted to you. Go ahead. I'm going ahead and giving y'all some, some, man, y'all learned some moves up in church today, all right? I'm attracted to you. Well, come on, let's pray. Let's pray, and then we're going to jump in together. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you're not silent on issues that, that we have questions about. Thank you, God, that you have created us for relationship with you, and out of that relationship that we can have incredible, intimate relationships with each other. And God, I just pray that we would just follow your plan, your step, your, your, your way of going after things, God, especially in the dating, marriage, relationship world. And God, I just believe that you're going to speak to us now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and everybody said if you love Jesus come on all across this house let's make a little bit of noise for King Jesus today all right so I, I I love always starting out with a question I call it an all skate get us all on the same page but here's my question today everybody okay everybody okay that was the I was preaching in the intro we just in the intro come on somebody everybody okay all right, so we're going to talk about some things today, and we're going to read from the book of Song of Solomon, which again, let me give you some context around that. Let me encourage you with that. You've got to understand that this book is going to be a little three-week short study together that we're going to do a book study together. But we're going to read the Bible like it says. And the author of this, you need to know, is a guy by the name of Solomon, whose dad was actually this dude named David, all right? So this is King David, had a son named Solomon. And so again, I want us to understand that Solomon, man, he was a writer. He, man, he, he wrote songs. He wrote all kinds of things. He wrote Proverbs, right? If you go and read the book of Proverbs, you'll understand that, that what he did, he wrote 3,000 different Proverbs, and he wrote 1,005 songs all together. But what you need to know is that this one right here, this is considered like the song of all songs. Come on, somebody, right? This is like the song that is just like his, his bestseller, like the number one hit, like this is it. So the song of songs is his best song. And so God's way in relationship 
relationships, what he is trying to share us, with us in this book. There's kind of two big themes that are going on there. One theme is this kind of outside view that, hey, this is how God feels about you. That he's passionate about you, that he loves you, that he wants a relationship with you, that he cares for you. So there's kind of that theme that's going on. But then also, we're going to read it at face value as well. Like, this is what a healthy relationship can look like. This is what, again, we're going to talk about it in a few weeks, how, 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 to, handle, how to handle, come on, so I'm, I'm, I'm like an auctioneer up here today, come on. Like, like, I am, I, like we're going to talk about how to handle, they fought in here, and how they handled it. How do they talk through it? How do they work through it? How do they, how do they go through that? We're going to talk about the, the, the memory that they have of dating and the engagement and the wedding day and the honeymoon night. That's all in this book right here. And there's different characters that are there that I want to tell us about. And uh, I want to just kind of, again, give us a little bit of heads up. So you've got three people that really kind of show up in this book that we need to know about. And what happens is, as you're reading it, it jumps between them a lot. All right, It's jumping between different people. So the very first one that I'm going to tell you about is considered the lover, which is Solomon the king. Okay, so you'll see that. He's the young man. If you have NLT, which is what I read out of, the NLT calls him the young man in the story, all right? And then you got the young woman, which she is the Shulamite woman in this story, okay? So you got the young man, young woman. They are married. They're thinking back on their engagement and dating days. There's things that are going on. Then you got the friends, which the Bible talks about being the, daughter of Jer- the daughters of Jerusalem. All right, it's who that is, the daughters of Jerusalem. So we got these three people in this story, and you'll hear them dialoguing back and forth very quickly together, all right? So I just thought, okay, this is, um, it's, it's a marriage. It's talking about marriage. We're talking about relationships. So I just thought just a way to just kind of read this, and this makes my wife really uncomfortable, but I, I would really like it if y'all, if my wife would help me read Song of Songs chapter one. So come on, Al, come on up here. Y'all give it up for Al Pal coming up in here. I'm pretty sure I texted her last night because uh, she was doing some things out. And uh, I, I texted her, I was like, baby, I really would like for you to read the young woman's part. Can you handle that? And she's like, uh, I'm going to be really embarrassed to do that. But we're going to read the Bible. Everybody, everybody okay with that? Can we read the Bible together? All right, here we go. So, so we're going to start Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 1. This is what it says. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. All right, I'm ready. Here's what it says. This is Solomon's Song of Songs, more wonderful than any other. Verse 2. Okay. Young woman. <laughs> this is, okay, here we go. Kiss me and kiss me again, for your love is sweeter than wine. Some of y'all are like, I like this book already. Come on, somebody. All right. I know, Dustin's like, all right, let's just, uh, church is Let's over. pray yeah. and let's go home, all right. <laughs> Continue in verse three. How pleasing is your fragrance. Your name is like the spread, is this spreading fragrance of scented oils. No wonder all the young women love you. Take me with you. Come, let's run. The king has brought me into his bedroom. Let's pray and go home, everybody. Come on, somebody. Okay. This is great. This is the Bible, okay? I want you all to understand that. I love it so much. Verse 4, the young women of Jerusalem happen to say this. How happy we are for you, O king. We praise your love even more than wine. You asked for that voice, so you get it. I like that. So that was the young women of Jerusalem over there. Y'all didn't see Alice. That wasn't like a Chinese movie, okay? Like like that was A.B. right there. (laughs) But what what, what were we saying in verse 4? What's it saying in verse 4? It's saying, you know what? All the friends are saying, y'all have the best relationship ever, right? Like, man, I look at y'all. We all want a relationship like that. And again, I think, again, if we're going to learn something right now, we need to look at what God's Word has to say. Hashtag relationship goals. Come on, somebody. Okay, here we go. Uh, Verse number 4, young woman, here you go. Okay. 
how right they are to adore you. I am dark but beautiful. Yes, oh, you are. I, I was thinking when I was reading this, I was like, um, I'm tired but beautiful. Okay, you yeah, know, you like, are. Yeah, you are. I'm tired, okay? <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, women of Jerusalem, dark as the tents of Kedar, dark are as the curtains of Solomon's tents. Don't stare at me because I'm dark. Don't stare at me because I'm tired. Okay, <laughs> wait, I gotta find where I am. The sun has darkened my skin. My brothers were angry with me. They forced me to care for their vineyard so I couldn't care for myself, my own vineyard. Tell me, my love, where are you leading your flock today? Where will you rest your sheep at noon? For why should I wander like a prostitute among your friends and their flocks? Right, verse number she's eight. She's, hey, she's being very vulnerable. We're gonna talk about that in just a second. Uh, verse number eight says this If you don't know, Oh, most beautiful woman, follow the trail of my flock and graze your young goats by the shepherd's tents. And then watch what he says in verse 9. You are as exciting, my darling, as a female horse, which is what he's about to say, which is funny. As a mare among Pharaoh's stallions. How lovely are your cheeks. Your earrings set them afire. How lovely is your neck enhanced by a string of jewels. We will make for you earnings of gold of bead, uh, and beads of silver. Then he goes on to say in verse 15, he says this. How beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful you are. Your eyes are like doves. Come on, this boy is spitting some game. I like it. So handsome, my oh, love. Well. Pleasing beyond words. Oh, well, thank you. All right, come on, y'all give it up for Al right now, reading that with us. Come on, I love that. I was like, why are you going to do me like thank that? Thank you. I love I, the one time I'm up here on stage reading scripture is to say something. Song of songs. Yes. Welcome to church. Well, I'm, I, love I love that, Mama. I love thank you. you. That's why I love I do you too. It. Yes, you do. I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay, so, so I, I wanted to kind of bring that in because as you're reading the Bible, you've got to understand there are distinctions between who is speaking and when they're speaking. So when I want you to see that, we're going to walk down through this together. Everybody okay with that? Okay, we're going to walk through it together because I think if we're going to have some, like, some successful relationships, if we're going to look at what the Bible has to say, I think there's this thing that we got to be ready to, to just go after and the thing that we have to have in every relationship that we have, and it's this word called attraction. And I think that that happens, and, and, and what I want you to know is that there is an attraction that's going on in a couple different areas and layers of your life. I think there's the, the, some of the most important ones that we got to start with that we oftentimes do not worry about because we're worried about the last one we're going to talk about today. So the very first thing, if we want a, a successful relationship, if we want a successful marriage, if we want to have successful lives in general, there needs to be, a, the first thing we're going to talk about is a spiritual attraction. Needs to be a spiritual attraction. So we're going to go back through these verses and walk down through them together. But literally, right there, Song of Songs, verse number one, or chapter one, verse number two. This young woman is speaking, and she says, "Kiss me and kiss me again, for your love is sweeter than wine." Watch what she says. How pleasing is your fragrance. And then watch what she says. Your name is like the spreading fragrance of scented oils. Hey, real quick question, excuse me, anybody ever know anybody that loved them some perfume? Come on, somebody, right? You know what I'm talking about? You can smell them before you see them. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? You like, they come, wow, and you, like, like, whoa, man, they walk in a room, and it just, cha- you can smell, I love, I, like, I like the, the scents, uh, like, different scents. Again, we have some scents that we like to, in the, even in the lobby, like, just this smell, okay, it smells good. Well, here's what she is saying about this guy. She's saying, hey, you know what? Like, that's what she's saying is uh, about this guy's love. That's what his love is 
is like, that he can just walk into a room and his, his love literally lights up a room. Hey, I'm attracted to you. No wonder she goes on to say, all the girls love you. It's not because you're a hottie with a body and that's not it. No, no, no. It's because you have a good name. She said, your name. Right? You, you, you're a man of character. And so here's the thing. When it comes to spiritual attraction, when you may be looking for somebody that you're trying to date or looking for a, a future spouse or maybe you're already married and you're trying to figure out, okay, how, how do we continue to have this attraction years after that, that we're married? Okay, it's got to start with a spiritual attraction. And the attribute I think we need to be looking for and we need to be exonerating ourselves is this idea of a Christ-like character. That's what she sees in this guy, right? She sees a Christ-like character. Like, I, I need us to understand that as she's thinking, she's like, yo, your name, man, it's like a fragrant smell that's smelling up the room. Man, you are a man of character. You're a man of godly character. How many of y'all know that there's a big difference between character and reputation, right? Reputation is what everybody thinks about you. Character is who you really are when nobody's looking, and what she's speaking to this guy right here, she's saying, hey, you have a Christ-like character. And here's the thing. If you and I want a godly relationship, which, again, works, God has proven it time and time again. If you do it the way that God says it, then literally it works time and time again. If we want a godly relationship, we're going to need to live a Christ-centered life. And that starts with a Christ-like character. And so here's what I want you to know and I want you to think about. Who you are is ultimately who you attract. Do you know that who you are is who you attract? And so sometimes you're probably thinking, yo, I want a girl who's enthusiastic. And you're probably thinking, I'm thinking, bro, you are like the most apathetic, uninterested, boring dude I've ever met in my life, right? Like there's no way that's going to happen. You, oh, I want a man, I want a man that's ambitious. Homegirl, you haven't had a job your whole life and you spend all day scrolling on Instagram. Come on, somebody, right? Because I want you to know you are who you attract. And you may be thinking, you know what I do? I always attract the wrong guy. Like it seems like I'm always in the same boat. It's the same kind of guy over and over again. Or, man, I can never get the right girl to be attracted to me. And I got to thinking about that. And it seems like over and over again, people talk about that. I'm always attracting the wrong kind of guy or the wrong kind of gal. And here's the thing I got to thinking about. If you don't like what you're catching, you need to check the bait that you're using. All right? This is hot. No, I'm like, like, if you don't like what you're catching, come on, we got to check the bait that we're using. We don't use the same bait to crappie fish that you use to bass fish. So if you find yourself not liking what you're catching, you got to go back to what you're pursuing. you got to go back to who you are because ultimately who you are is what you are attracting. And I promise you, if you will go after Jesus with all of your heart, if you will sprint after him in every aspect of your life, the way that you date, the, way, the places that you go, the things that you wear, the things that you say, the people that you are there with, if you are chasing after Jesus, I promise that's going to change some things around you. And again, Matthew 6, says, but seek first the kingdom of God above all else. Not a spouse, not, a, not another person, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to be people that pursue God, a Christ-like character above anything else. If we will do that, what happens is you're going to live righteously, and then watch what he says, and he will give you everything that you need. See, listen to me. Become Christ-like, you will attract Christ-like. Become healthy, you will attract healthy. And this is what I've heard many pastors say in the past, Become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. 
Be the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. That God is calling you to a higher place with Him. God is calling you to an intimate relationship with Him. And He wants you to pursue Christ-like character, which ultimately comes from spending time with Him, getting around people that are pushing you towards Jesus, not pulling you away from Him. And I just promise you, if you will pursue this spiritual attraction in a relationship, you are starting off with the best and the most important aspect of all relationships. It's that Christ is the center, that Christ is my character, that Christ is my life. And if we will do that, we're setting ourselves up for success, all right? So that's the first thing when it comes to this spiritual attraction. The next thing I think we have to just kind of look for or we got to actually do ourselves in relationship is have some high standards. Come on, have some high standards, all right? This girl right here in the Bible, she had some high standards. I love what she says in verse number 7. She says, tell me, my love, where are you leading your flocks today? Real quick, ladies, I'm just going to encourage you to learn something from this gal. This man had a job. Come on, somebody, all right? He had a job. He's, he's a shepherd. He's leading his flocks around, right? So, hey, let's learn from her today, okay? Let's, let's learn. Let's have some standards there. Tell me, my love, where are you leading your flock today? Where will you rest your sheep at noon? Watch what she says. For why should I wander like a prostitute among your friends and their flocks? So you got to understand, a lot of times what would happen is these shepherds would be taking these sheep around in all these different places. And what would begin to happen is these prostitutes would actually show up and stay on the edge of kind of where all these guys were. And ultimately what would happen, they would sell themselves to these guys once they ended up getting off of work. Once they were done being a shepherd, they they would be around these prostitutes would and they would give themselves over to these guys once they got off work and she was saying I love this about this gal right here I love it about her she was saying no 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 I'm not gonna be like that I'm not gonna be like everybody else like you're not gonna find me amongst the other gals acting the way that they're acting I'm gonna be different I'm not gonna be like these other women she was different she had a different set of standards and there was something about the way that she lived her life that that Solomon was so attracted to That she had this high set of standards. And I want to encourage you when it comes to even your relationship. That guess what we should be doing? Guess what we should be having? Some high standards when it comes to our relationship. Now here, let me preface something really quick. I don't think that you need to hold standards of somebody else that you and I aren't willing to uphold ourselves. Okay, I think that's important. Because some of y'all got a list that's a mile long, right? But you could never attain any of that yourself, right? And I think it's just so important that we understand that. That again, yes, let's have some high standards. Like let's choose and let's pursue it living different when it comes to our relationships. Let's pursue, let's go after living differently when it comes to our dating relationships or our engagement. And if you want what everybody else has, do what everybody else does. And here's what I got to thinking. I'm looking around the world and when it comes to relationships in the world, I don't necessarily want what everybody else has. You know why? Because it ain't working, it seems like. Right? I don't want what everybody else has. I want something different. I want something better. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to choose to live differently. We're going to have to choose to have some different standards. Even Romans 12 verse 2 tells us, do not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Again, we're not going to get our relationship information from TikTok. We're not going to get our relationship information from The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Come on, somebody. I know y'all be watching that on ABC on Sunday nights at 730. I don't know if that's the time or not, but 
But like, okay, like we're not going to get our ideas of what real love looks like from those things. No, no, no. I'm not going to copy that behavior because that's the way that leads to destruction. It's ultimately the way that does not lead to life because Jesus came and said, hey, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Just do it the way I'm telling you to do it. Would you do it the way I'm encouraging you to do it? And we see right there that, that Paul is writing to us in Romans saying, hey, don't copy the behaviors of the world. They ain't got it right. They may think they do, but they don't. And I think a lot of times what happens is, and I love about this, this gal right here in this story, is that she was willing to choose the right over the easy. So in your relationships, if you and I would just pursue right over easy, I think nine times out of ten we'll be a lot healthier as a family. You'd be a lot healthier when it comes to your dating relationship. Choose the right over the easy. And most of the time, let's just talk about it, the right thing is not the easy thing. Come on, somebody, right? It's not necessarily the easy thing. It's, it, but it's the right thing. And you, know, you want to know how you know what the right thing is? Go back to the manual. Right? You go back to the manual. You want to know how, how, how can we live a godly life? What sort of standards should I have for the living in, in my own life? What sort of standards should I have for our marriage? Guess what? Right here in the manual. It's right there. we got to go back to it. we got to say, okay, I'm going to build my relationship with this spiritual attraction first, which is opposite of what everybody else tells you in the world. It's the complete opposite of that. Hey, if you see it, you like it, go after it. That's what the world will tell you. And we'll talk about that physical attraction being important, yes, but it's not the most important. I want you to understand that. Number one, most important attraction that you got to have in your relationship, I believe, is a spiritual attraction and some qualities of a spiritual attraction. Guess what? Some high standards, that's number one. And also, you got to have some Christ-like character. Everybody Okay. Everybody all right? Okay, cool. We're going to go on to the next attraction I think all of us need to have in our relationships is this emotional attraction. It's not just a, 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 like a, a, obviously a spiritual attraction. We're going to go after God together. Like we're, not, we're not going to just pursue sin together. We're going to go after Jesus together. Like that's got to be number one. Number two, I think there has to be this emotional attraction. Look at what she says in verse number four. We'll kind of go back from verse seven back to verse four. This is the young woman talking. She says, I am dark, but I'm beautiful, O women of Jerusalem. Dark as the tent of Kedar, dark as the curtains of Solomon's tents. Don't stare at me because I'm dark. She's saying this to him. Don't, don't stare at me. The sun has darkened my skin. My brothers were, excuse me angry with me. It sounded like I was crying when I was reading that, didn't it? My brothers were angry with me. They forced me to care for their vineyard, so I couldn't care for my own self. What is she saying? What's she saying right there? She's saying, you know what I couldn't do? They were, like, like my skin is burnt. I didn't have any sunscreen. I was out working. Like, if you need to understand, during this time, like, the, 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 the way that everybody preferred their skin, especially in the female world, was that light-skinned, light, light complexion, all of that. And here she is saying, you know what I am? I am so embarrassed by my dark skin. I'm so embarrassed by the sunburns that I've got. I'm so embarrassed that my brothers, they couldn't work out in the fields by themselves, so they made me go out there, and I have neglected my own skin. I've neglected my own life. I've neglected my own body when it comes to that. And again, we value dark skin, right? Some of y'all, I know you value it because you come up out that tanning bed looking like a piece of leather. Come on, somebody, right? Like, we value, we value dark skin. She's embarrassed by it. Like, she is completely embarrassed by it. And again, what I want us to see is that she's in, insecure about her appearance. She's saying, hey, they forced me to do it. They forced me to work out in the field. I neglected my skin. I, I don't like my skin. I don't like myself. I feel vulnerable about this. And what she does is she begins to open up and begins to build some trust with this guy named Solomon. 
Right? And so what I think, if we're going to have an emotional attraction when it comes to relationships, what you and I need to have is this, what I would call the trust factor. That there has to be a trust factor there, especially in our marriages, especially if you're dating somebody, there has to be this trust factor that's there. This young woman finds herself insecure, but she brings those insecurities to Solomon. And what's Solomon do in the middle of it? He says, you know what? Hey, I'm going to be open with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be transparent with you. I've got insecurities myself. And what happens is they love each other through the insecurities, and they begin developing trust. And I think all of us in the room can understand that. I think all of us in this room walk in this place with insecurities about our life. I'm to this blank. I'm not this. I I did that. Or I could never be this. And this is what happens in a lot of our lives and especially in a lot of our relationships. I think what you need to understand is that as you're building a godly, healthy relationship, what you need to know is that there has to be this certain level of trust factor. And when you become emotionally attracted to somebody, you're spending some time with them, at some point you're going to want to open up to them. You're going to want to share something kind of vulnerable, saying, hey, hey, this is something I'm working through. This is something I'm walking through. This is something I might struggle with. And what happens is you got to ask this question. Are we growing in trust? Like is trust growing in mine and Allie's relationship year 11? Right, like almost in a, in a couple months we're going to celebrate 11 years. Are we still growing in trust? together. There has to be this trust factor. Doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. Doesn't mean we have it all together, but hey, what happens is is that when we bring those insecurities, here's a, a good reveal if that trust factor is there or not, is when you bring that insecurity to that relationship, and when you when you bring that, do they make you feel dumb? Do they make you feel like you're inadequate? Do they make you feel like, "Hey, I got all my stuff together. I don't know what you're doing?" If they do, that would probably be a little bit of a red flag for me. But if you're willing and you're able in a relationship to say, hey, Al, here's some stuff I'm working through. Here's some stuff that I feel very insecure about. And again, what happens is if they're loving you through it, this trust factor is growing. I believe that's when you're heading in the right direction emotionally when it comes to a relationship. All right. The other thing about a a relationship that needs to be emotional attraction is that you need to speak some life. I'm going to call it life-giving encouragement. Right, Every relationship, again, doesn't matter where you might find your relationship status at. This should be something that we all pursue together. Right, That we're going to be life-giving with our encouragement. She's insecure about her skin. Watch the way that she, like, she don't like the way she looks. Watch how he responds to her. Verse number 9, the young man says this, You are as exciting, my darling, as a mare among Pharaoh's stallions. So again, I said it earlier, he calls her an adult female horse. Come on, somebody, right? Like, but that needs a little bit of explanation. Okay, so you need to understand that white horses pulled Pharaoh's chariots, okay? Like, Pharaoh was the top dog back then, right? He was the top guy, man, the most powerful man in all of the world. And white horses pulled Pharaoh's chariots around. And so what happened is the most esteemed, the most prized animal that was out there in order to pull that, to pull that chariot, the most powerful man in the world, was a horse, was this white horse. And again, what he is likening her, like almost if you think about it, if you go back to this time period, what they're saying is he's almost like, I mean, this, this horse is almost like a heavenly being is really what it's like. Is what, he's, what a lot of people at that time would think. And so what is this guy doing to her? He's speaking life over her. He's speaking life over her insecurities. Hey, hey, you think your skin is burned? I think you're gorgeous to me. Right, whoa, 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 hey, hey, you're, you're, you're one of the most prized possessions that I could have in my life. You're one of the most cherished possessions that I could have in my life. I love everything about you. 
And in relationships, I need us to understand in all relationships, not this is at your work, this is in your family, this is in your marriage, this is in your dating relationship. I want you to know that yours and my words have the ability to heal or hurt. That they have the ability to invest in something or waste something. That our words have the ability to save or they have the ability to ruin, to tear down or build up, to unite or to divide, to speak life or speak death. And my question is, in your relationships, look at your last week of your life, what's the kind of encouragement that has been coming out of your mouth? What's that been like? Now just think again, we got to check that because again, Proverbs 18 tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's where they are. They're in the power of the tongue. Now think about that. Where where does that come from? Where does this idea of this life-giving speech, where does that come from? Well, Luke 6, 45 tells us where where, where this stuff should come from. It tells us this. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So my question for us all today is what's in your heart? How's your heart? Again, this whole series, we're going to be just looking at, hey, how is your heart? I know one thing for me that Allie does to me, for me that's just, just a, I could, I could literally run through a brick wall. If that girl right there, I'll say, oh, boy, listen, I'm so proud of you. I, oh, man, you're so strong. You're a great dad. You're, you're the best husband. And listen, I will run through that door with it shut if she says that to me. Like there is something about that encouragement from my wife that just, man, just it is life-giving to me. And I'm going to challenge some of us in the room. Maybe you haven't been speaking life-giving encouragement in a long time. Well, first of all, i got to ask you, how's your heart? Because that's where it's coming from. We're, we're, there's a treasury there. There's this bank banked up in your heart, and it's coming out of your mouth. What does your words look like? What does your words look like in your relationship? And I would just ask that today. And again, I love what she goes on to say, or what the young man goes on to say. He says, how beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful your eyes are like doves. And the young woman, finally, she said, hey, you are so handsome, my love. Pleasing beyond words. So what's really interesting to me, what's really great to me, is that we're 15, 16 verses down before we ever see anything really physical that comes into this. So what I'm trying to tell some of y'all in this room is that maybe many times in your life you've built your life, you've built your attraction, you've built your relationship on the physical attraction, which is the last point I want to tell you. That's important, okay? Nothing wrong with that. I think physical attraction is important. But here's what I also want you to know. Spiritual attraction, the most important. Build your relationship on that. If you will, I promise you all of the other things will succeed. Build your life on a spiritual attraction, then emotionally, and then finally physically. Again, they're just now talking about that, but that's way down the list of qualities. And fellas, let me just tell you something really quick. Uh, like, uh, Let me just encourage you real fast. You may uh, be in the room, and you're like, bro, I, I mean... I, I, you, may be, you may be the ugliest dude in the room, all right? I'm just going to tell you, all right? You may hit every ugly branch on the way down the whole thing, all right? I'm just telling you. may happen, but here's the thing. Listen to me. When you lay down your life for her, 
When you will say, you know what, it's not about me. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to cherish you. I'm going to have some Christ-like character. I'm going to have some high standards. I'm going I'm to build trust with you. I'm going to literally speak life over you. Listen, you may have hit every branch on the way down that tree, but suddenly you get to looking a whole lot better with Jesus. Come on, somebody, right? I believe that with all of my heart. If you will just value the things that God values, because it's not the outside that God values. It's the inside. It's the things on the inside. And I just want to challenge some of us in the room. I want to kind of circle it back to that Christ-like behavior, that Christ-like character. How do we do that? How do we have that? How do we, how do we pursue that? How do we go all in with that? You know how we do that? We don't do it on our own. We couldn't do it on our own. That's the good news of the gospel, that this whole idea of how's your heart, well, guess what? It all goes back to the fact that Jesus had so much love for you and I, and he was willing to give his life for us on the cross. He was willing to come and and literally put on an earth suit, come down here to earth and live a perfect life. And, And literally, I want you to understand that perfect love drives out all fear. So you may be here and you may be thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know what the future may look like for me, but there is a perfect love waiting for you. His name is Jesus, and he has a plan for your life. He wants a relationship with you. Come on, if you believe that, can we give him a big shout of praise all over this place today? I just, I just believe that with my, my heart, and maybe you're here and you've never accepted the love of Jesus. I want you to know that that is available to you today all across this place. So if you don't mind, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You're in this room and you say, hey, I've never accepted Jesus. I've never given my life to him. I've never said yes to him. I want to give him my life today. I realize that my sin, it separates me from God. That's what all of our sin does. It makes us un, seems like it makes us unlovable, but really it's separating us from God. And he still loved us even though we were still sinning, the Bible says, that Christ died for us. And maybe you're in this room and you say, hey, I need a relationship with Jesus. Again, you can work on the emotional attraction all day. You can work on the physical attraction all day. But I'm telling you, it will never stand if you don't build it on that spiritual foundation. And that starts with a relationship with Jesus. So you're in here and you say, hey, I need Jesus in my life right now. If that's you, listen to me. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so thankful for you. God's got a plan for you. You're in this room for a purpose and a reason. And so we're going to just say, hey, you know what? God wants that relationship with you. You've been pursuing everything else. It's time to just hand it over to him what you need to give to him, which is your life. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.